Wow, y'all looking good. I don't know if you guys heard what Pastor just said right there. I am the favorite. I'm the favorite. So, uh, hey, I'm so glad that you guys are here this morning. Hey, I, can we just take just a second? Can we honor Pastor Kirk and Pastor Suzette? Uh, I, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to speak this morning. But I'm so thankful to be able to be under their leadership as I have over the past four and a half years on staff. I'm actually our student ministries director here at the church. And so I was thinking about it that four and a half years is a really long time, right? And so I was like, I wonder how long that actually is. And so it's about 1,600 days. Uh, It's about 2,365,200 minutes. And it's about... 20,000 hair follicles later, here I am. So, yeah, I actually used to have a full head of hair before I came on staff, and now here we are. So, hey, today is going to be a great day. Hey, I, I love it when everyone in, you know, kind of participates and engages in the message uh, with an amen, maybe a, a hallelujah, uh, preach, you know, just something like that. Because here's the thing, it, it, it's an encouragement to me to know that, hey, you're getting something from the word that God has placed in my heart. And maybe you're like, you know, if you're like, what, what the heck is Jeremiah talking about? Like th- this message makes no sense. This message is the worst message I've ever heard. I still want to encourage you to, to shout amen, hallelujah, preach it, because maybe it'll just help me get a little bit better. Can you all do that for me? Hey, all right. And hey, maybe it'll help you not to fall asleep. So that, that'll be good. Hey, if you guys have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses 7 through 9. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. And so we're in this series, At the Right Time. We're talking about this idea of kairos moments, which kairos uh, refers to a a time of opportunity, a season of of, of harvest. And so I want to title my message today, I am the one, this is the place, and now is the time. Hey, would you all just bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, we just come to you this morning. Father God, we open our hearts up. God, we open ourselves up to your goodness and to your glory. Father God, when we feel like we are not enough, God, that's where you shine the most. And so Father God, I pray right now that, God, you would shine through me. God, I pray that anything that I say would not be me, but, God, it would be all for your glory and all from you. And so, Father God, we pray for our pastors. God, as they are away today, I pray a blessing. I pray protection as they travel back. And, Father God, I pray that you'd help me not to be boring. And for these people that are watching, whether in the room or online, that, God, they would not be boring. And, God, they would be alive and well today. And, Father, we cry out. That, God, you would allow the football season to happen. If you can agree with that, let me hear you shout amen. 
Amen. Come on. What a crazy time we live in, right? Have you ever been in the right place at the right time before? You, you pull up to Chick-fil-A, you, you pull up to maybe Starbucks or maybe your favorite coffee shop and uh, you go up to the counter and they have just made the wrong item or they made an extra item and they're just so generous and they're just like, hey, we just made the wrong thing. Would you like to have this for free? And you're just like, oh, come on, Jesus. Today is going to be a good day. Okay. Yes, sir. And so you just gladly take that, you know, whether it's an extra sandwich, an extra coffee, extra whatever it is. Uh, my wife and I, we went to Biscuit Head a few weeks ago, probably about a couple months ago, really. And we walked up, had our mask on and everything, and they made two extra coffees for nobody. And they're like, hey, would you guys like these for free? We're like, absolutely, yes. Thank you very much. A uh, couple uh, months ago, my, my sister and my niece were in town, and we went to the brand new Chick-fil-A just down the road. And so uh, we, you know, came up, we, we ordered on the app, uh, pulled up to the curbside check-in or uh, to get our food. They bring our food out. I'm passing out all the food, giving everybody their drink. And at the bottom of the bag is a original chicken sandwich without pickle on it. And I'm like, the Lord is good, yes. Oh, come on, I didn't pay for it, I didn't order it, but the Lord showed me some favor. That's what we like to call in the church world, the favor of the Lord. Come on, somebody, come on, ooh. I was like, the Lord shows favor today, come on. And so, you know, when we, sometimes we receive a blessing we're, when we're in the right place at the right time. We receive a blessing when we're in the right place at the right time. And I believe that even though 2020 looks crazy, even though 2020 does not look the way that we hoped or even thought it would, I believe that 2020 is a season of opportunity. 2020 is a season of harvest. Now, I grew up on a farm in northern Indiana. I know that I don't look like it, but I definitely did. And so my dad was a hog farmer, hated it. It was smelly, it was disgusting. But right about this time is when the harvest starts to happen. And I believe that God created every single person in this room to, to reap a harvest in this season. That God wants to do something incredible in your life. Because here's the thing, God is not confused with what's going on. God is not uh, just full of chaos. He is uh, not fearful what, what, for what is happening right now, but he is completely and fully in control. And he wants to use you today. He wants to use you tomorrow. He wants to use, to use the next day to bring freedom and to bring hope into a lost and a broken world today. And so I want to tell the story of Esther. And, and God used Esther to bring to, to turn despair into victory. And so just to kind of summarize it, to help summarize it for you, Esther was this beautiful, young Jewish girl. And she actually became queen because Queen Vashti kind of rejected the invite of the king to the party that he was throwing. You know, he, this was uh, King Xerxes, and he was like throwing this party for like 180 people. And he's like, yo, Queen Vashti. You are so good looking. 
You, ooh, man, ooh, come on, you, you thick, you good looking, ooh, come on, somebody. And he's like, I want to show you off to all my friends. And so he says, come to the party, let me show you off. And she was like, I ain't no piece of meat. No, you, no I'm not coming to that party, no way. And so she, re, she rejected the king, and so he kind of got mad. And so he's like, all right, fine, it's time for a new queen. And so... Uh, Eventually, she becomes queen. I'm going to kind of dive into that in just a minute. But there's this other guy named Haman and this other guy named Mordecai. And Mordecai was actually Esther's cousin and dad. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds weird. But it's not quite as bad as, a th- as you might think. She was only his dad, or he was only her dad because he adopted her because her parents died. And so, anyways, Mordecai... Uh, would not bow down to this guy named Haman. Haman hated it, and so he, he issued this decree that all Jews in the entire land were to be killed, every single one of them. And so Mordecai found this out, and he goes to Esther, and he says, hey, you need to go to the king. You were placed in this place for a purpose. You were placed on this earth in 2020 for a purpose. And so we have to understand, is, number one, is that I am the one. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you are the one. I am the one. In Esther chapter 2, verse six and se- 16 and 17, it says, Esther was taken to King Xerxes at the royal palace in early winter of the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther more than any other woman. He was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head and declared her queen instead of Vashti. I am the one. Esther became the one. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but sometimes being the one can be a sacrifice, right? And that is not any more true in my life than it has been this past week. Uh, My wife and I, we have been a homeowner uh, for the past five and a half years or so. Uh, we sold our house about a year ago, bought a brand new one, and our house right now has a, an apartment downstairs uh, in the basement. And so we rented out to a couple girls here in the church. And this past Tuesday, of all the weeks of me preaching and trying to get prepared, the toilet decided to overflow and, tra- and decided to flood the entire apartment downstairs. That was not, this was not a good day, okay? And so I got a text message on Tuesday, hey, you know, can you come home? Can you help us out? And so got towels, got our, you know, carpet cleaner to kind of suck up all the water. And what I, and so had to call the restoration company, had to call the insurance company. And I had to be the one, Heather had to be the one to be able to clean up all the mess. Uh, we were not going to put our, the, the, the girls that live with us, we're not going to put them in that position to be like, all right, now you clean it up, you fix it. It was our responsibility to be the one to clean it. I'm sure as a parent, you probably realize like you're the one, if there's a mess inside the house, your kids aren't going to clean it up, right? No, I mean, come on, that kids are just like sitting on the couch, playing their video games, watching YouTube, whatever, and you maybe ask them to take out the trash or wipe the table, and they give you the, oh, fine, and they just like sluggishly, dry, you know, drag themselves to do it. Like kids aren't going to be the one to do that. As parents or as homeowners, we are the one to fix the problems. God has created you to be the one in 2020. 
God has created you to bring hope and to bring freedom to a lost and broken world. We have to understand that we were created for so much more. We were created for so much. We were not created just to kind of go through the motions. We weren't created to just attend church and consume. And then once the servant, once pastor says amen, that it's our job to just walk out. We were not created just to do that. To do that, But we were created to bring heaven into earth. We were created to bring freedom and to bring hope to a lost and a broken world. Yeah, here's what I know is that people decide to leave church. They get easily offended in church because they're not using the gifts that God has given them. That they decide that they get bored, maybe they get offended, and they're just like, you know what, I don't like that church anymore. I'm gonna go to a new church. And so they keep hopping and they keep hopping and they keep hopping because they're so bored and they decide to quit church because they are not using the gifts that God has given them. See, God wants to use you. God, want, God has put gifts inside of you. God has put abilities inside of you. God has put a purpose inside of you. God has put talents inside of you, not for yourself, but to glorify him, to bring freedom to, to, his, to the people. God has put something inside of every single person in this place. You are the one. Say, I'm the one. My second point is this. This is the place. It says in Esther chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Mordecai gave Hathach a copy of the decree issued in Susa that called for the death of all Jews. He asked Hathach to show it to Esther and explain the situation to her. He asked Hathach to direct her to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. And so Queen Esther was put in the palace. She was put in the place for a reason. I believe that God has you in a place for a reason in 2020. You know, sometimes we don't like the place that we're in, right? Sometimes. And if I, I can be honest, sometimes, you know, sometimes the place that I'm in, I don't like to be in. You know, in 2020, things look crazy. You know, your kids, if you have kids and, and they're doing virtual school, you might be kind of freaking out like, I don't, I don't want to be in this place right now. You know, sometimes we, we get in a position, we get in a place that we don't like the marriage that we're in. We, we don't like the financial situation that we're in. We don't like the job that we're in. And so what happens is that when we don't like the place that we're in, that we start to look around to see where's a new place that I can go. Where, where's a new field that I can go to? Where's, where's some place that I can go different? Because we don't like the place that we are, but I want to encourage you to not pull the seeds of where God has you right now. So here's what I know that, again, we are going to reap a harvest. We're reaping a harvest in 2020. And so in order for us to reap a harvest, we've got to put seeds in the ground. But if we start to pull those seeds out of the ground before they have a chance to grow, we're ripping out the harvest before we have a chance to see what happens. And so what happens is that when we don't like the place that we're in, we start moving away from where God has us. And when we start moving away from where God has us, we cannot receive what God truly has for our life. We cannot receive the blessing. We cannot receive the harvest that God has for us. You know, I think about Jesus in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I know that he was 
distressed. You know, he was uh, full of anguish. He had this crushed soul. He is crying out to God like, God, please take this cup away from me. Don't allow me to go through this, this, this problem. Don't allow me to deal with this thing. But here's what I know. That word Gethsemane means the place of pressed oil. There, there's a pl- you're in a place right now that you feel pressed. In 2020, people are feeling pressed financially. Maybe they lost a job. They're, they're feeling pressed because of school, because of what's happening with their kids. They may, maybe they feel pressed with what's going on at, at, the, at their job or what's going on at home. And they start to feel so pressed and they start to feel so uh, just covered up. But in order for us to reap a harvest, in order for the seed to, to reap a harvest, sometimes that seed's got to get planted, right? It's got to get covered up. It's got to get pressed from all sides. It's got to be... It's got to feel dark. It's got to feel lonely. But what we know is that when that seed gets planted and it may be dark and it may be lonely and it may be pressed from all sides, that seed becomes a beautiful and a lovely harvest. And so today you might, you might be in a position that you feel lonely. You might feel like you're pressed on all sides. But what I want to encourage you today is that God is going to use that place where you're at and he's going to bring glory for his name. Not for you, but for him. God's going to bring freedom to to the place that you're in. And so don't quit from where you're at. Don't quit the, your job. Don't quit your marriage. Don't give up on serving the house of God. Don't give up on going to church. Get here. Get in the place of God. Plant your seed in this place. Don't pull the seed out before it has a chance to produce fruit. This is the place. Third point that I want to make is now is the time. It says in Esther chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, it says, Mordecai sent this reply to Heather, or Esther, not Heather, Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace that you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from other, some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. You know, God wants to use us. God wants to use us. God doesn't need us, but he wants to use us. And so in the story of Esther, it says that God used her to bring victory from disaster. And so it says that Esther, to kind of summarize the story, it says that Esther went to the king and she spoiled Haman's plan said, hey, this guy is about to kill all the Jews, which is going to include me. And the king got so angry and he got so mad and he said, he, he, he decide, had made a decree to kill Haman on the sharpened pole that Haman had prepared for Mordecai. And so what I love is this, is that the thing that the devil is trying to do in our life to bring disaster, God is going to turn it around for good. God is going to turn it around for his glory. But see, God created you for such a time as this. God created you for such a time as this to bring light and to bring hope, to bring truth, to bring the gospel into our lost and our broken world.
to bring, to bring hope to a broken and a hurting world. And so here's what I know is that God's timing is always perfect. God's timing is always perfect. You know, I believe that the right time comes out of a season of discomfort and testing. You know, if, if, you, um, if you're a parent, just listen up real quick. I really need you to pay attention real closely. Uh, when, when an eagle is tired of the eaglets being in the nest and it's time for them to move out of the nest and to go flap their wings and everything like that, the eagle will stop bringing food to the eaglets. And, and as uh, they get older, the, the eagle starts to just kind of whip, rip away all the, the feathers and all the, the comfort of the nest. So that way the, the little baby eagles start to kind of feel a little discomfort. They start to get a little bit hungry and they're just like, I don't like being in this position. I don't like being in this place right now. And so what happens is that they start to feel this discomfort and they start to feel this testing. And so they start flapping their wings. They start, you know, building courage and they start building strength to where they start to feel, have that faith to step out of the nest and to start flying the, with the gifts and the ability that God has given them. And so what I know is this, is that I believe in this feeling of discomfort and this feeling of testing that the Lord is pushing us into a season to push us out into a little bit of discomfort so that way we stop relying on ourselves, so we stop relying on our comfort and we start putting our faith and we start putting our trust in Him. I'm going to have our worship team start to come up. You know, I believe that God is, is doing something in our life right now. God is doing incredible things in our life right now. God is, God is wanting us to grow in our faith. God is wanting us to grow in, in, in our courage to step out of the nest and to, to, to flap our wings and to fully trust and to fully rely on him. To launch us into our purpose, to launch us into our destiny, and to launch us into what God truly has for us. And so we can start living a faith-filled, we can start living a courage-filled life that it's not about convenience, but it's about conviction. It's not about living our life to be comfortable, but it's about living a life of conviction, not just for ourselves, but for the glory of God. To bring people into the kingdom of God, to bring people into the kingdom with us. God used Esther to turn despair into victory. God used Esther to, to reverse the plans of evil, And I believe that God is reversing the plans of evil that, ha that has happened in your life. And he's using it to bring glory to his name in 2020. Here's what I know, that life has not looked like we thought it would in 2020, right? I mean, school looks different. Jobs look a little different. Maybe our health looks a little different. Church definitely looks a little different. But I love what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, that when we are utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us as sinners. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel utterly helpless. God, I can't do this on my own. 
God, I can't do this in my own ability. God, I need you. But we have this hope that Christ died on the cross. That I know that on Friday, things didn't quite look the way that they thought they would. On Friday, I guarantee that people were full of despair. People were full of confusion. People were full of, of fear of what was happening. But I'm so glad for Sunday because on Sunday, when Christ came out of the grave, that there was freedom, that there was hope, that we had victory, that no matter what our situation, no matter what right now looks like, that Sunday is coming, victory is coming. No matter what our despair might be right now, that we've got hope in Jesus of what he did on the cross. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus, that the plans of the enemy will not prevail. The plans of the evil will not prevail. That 2020 is going to turn out better than it has previously. That God's going to get all the victory. God's going to get all the glory. It's not about us, but it's all about him. Are you grateful? Come on, give God some praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that the enemy will not prevail. The plans of the enemy will not prevail, but we have hope in your name. A new hope is coming. A new hope is coming right now. A new hope came on Sunday. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what you may be feeling, but right now, I wanna take just a minute. I wanna give anybody in this room that you're looking for hope. You're not gonna find hope in a person. You're not gonna find hope in a drug or a drink. You're gonna find hope in Jesus. That's where our hope is gonna come from. And so if you're in this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this place and you're saying, I need hope today. I need a, a breakthrough. I need victory. The, my, I'm, I'm full of fear. I'm full of despair. I'm crushed on all sides. I may not like the place where I'm at. I may not like the time that I'm in right now. And I need hope. Jesus is our hope. If that's you in this place and you need hope, I want to encourage you to give your life to Christ. And the way that you do that is by you saying yes to him. You saying yes to a relationship with him. And so I want to count to three. And if you're saying yes to him, if, if you're saying, I need hope in Jesus, I want to count to three. And all I want you to do is raise your hand nice and high. And it's not for me to see, it's not for anybody to see, but it's a, it's, a, it's a faith move to raise your hand to say, Jesus, that's me. Because here's the thing, he sees your heart more than anything. One, God loves you. Two, you're never gonna be the same. Three, if that's you, ask you to raise your hand right now. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna have everybody repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your lordship. I need you and I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, but I come to the cross 
where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I surrender my life to you. Help me become the person you've created me to be. Amen. Amen.